is going to be the last sermon in our Proverbs series, Living Wisely in God's World. Um, continue to read the chapters. You got a little bit more to go. 21st today, you got the 31st, 10 more, 10 more chapters or so to go. Again, I listened to it when I was walking and getting some running in yesterday. Um, and I know by now you have known that we've given this thought a couple times. It's easier to get older than to get wiser. But more than anything, I hope by now you've proved that wrong. As we've been through this series on Proverbs, yeah, you're getting older. I know that, every one of us each day, and no doubt about that one. But I'm hoping that as you've gone through this series, you're recognizing that you are getting wiser because you're putting into practice what God has for you and for me as we go through the book of Proverbs. Again, a, a wise individual, as I define it, is one who is skilled or an expert in godly living. Moving that direction. Not perfect, of course, but one who's moving toward that direction, seeking to be the best they can be for the Lord Jesus Christ, to be so wise, to be as much like him as they can. Wisdom is supreme, 4.7 says, Proverbs 4.7, wisdom is supreme. Therefore, what? Get wisdom. Get it. The highest thing, this relationship with him, to have his wisdom so we know how to live out life. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Now, as I was going reading through the book a few weeks ago, especially, interestingly, I was in my one-year Bible, and guess what I was reading? Proverbs, kind of like that. Matter of fact, I have a devotional from Moody Bible Institute where I went to school in Chicago, and uh, it, this month it is on 1 Kings, and that's exactly where I'm reading in my one-year Bible. God couldn't have planned that any better. I'm reading in my little devotional. I'm reading the same thing I'm reading in my Bible. I'm getting commentary on it. Just like that, how God does that to you. But as I was reading in the book of Proverbs just a while back, probably about three or four months, three weeks ago, I noticed some words I had never noticed. Well, I'd read them before, but I hadn't noticed them like God was pinpointing it to me. And these are the words reproof and rebuke correction and instruction. Oh, they've always been in the book of Proverbs, but they've never just stood out like a flashing light to me. I think one of those reasons is that I've been dealing with some issues in which I could have handled better. And some helpful rebuke or reproof has come my way. You ever have anything happen to you like that before? could have done a little bit better, some things that you had to work on, process, and a little bit of rebuke or reproof comes back to you to, to help you. Though I looked up the words to be able to know a little bit more about it, reproof, if you look in the dictionary, says, the art of criticizing somebody for having done something wrong, or something said as a rebuke or correction. Rebuke is to criticize or reprimand someone, usually sharply, in a corrective manner. So as I was thinking about those words, I was trying to put them, put them into my mind. What, what do they really mean and, and how to be able to, to, to say it kind of biblically? To, with, that's kind of you know, our, our, our sense of that's out there, but, but biblically, and this is, this is kind of what I came up with. And I think that, and I'm going to use the word reproof today. I mean, I might switch it out here and there, but I'm going to mainly use the word reproof. And, and this is what I've come up with. It's, it's truth that is given with grace. Reproof is, 
And I could even add the word, a little bit of defining here, corrective truth that's shared with grace. Because that's what we want it to be. When reproof is given to me or, or I give it to somebody, it comes our way. Man, we, we want it to be true, but we want it to be presented with grace. Would you agree with me? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4 says, Speaking the truth in love, that we would grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. We don't just give it just to give it because we've got to get it off our chest and it feels good and we slaughter them with it, right? No, we, we want to give reproof or rebuke or correction so that it, it helps them to grow and to be more like Jesus Christ. And I believe that's what's come to me over the past month. Helpfully, help, helpful correction to be able to do a better job of the things that I need to do in my life. So in my reading of Proverbs, and with a little help from a Google search, <laughs> I've come up with 20 verses somewhere in there in Proverbs that detail some important information about reproof. And there are more. You, you'll see more. But again, this is one of those things that when you're reading through the book of Proverbs, you can circle or square or put a little asterisk by to, to let you know this is really an important topic. Remember we talked last week about the tongue? We've talked about that in, in words over, over 200 times. I have a T in my Bible for those words that communicate Wow, he talks a lot about that. And in this sense, he talks a lot about reproof and rebuke and correction, instruction, so that it helps us to become more like him. It helps us to become a wise guy or a wise gal, to follow him even better. So the first thought as I put it all together was this. I'm going to break them down into two categories, and we'll talk about other parts of reproof as we go through. But reproof will be helpful when it is accepted. Reproof will be helpful when it is accepted. So here's some of the verses there. You'll be on the screen. I have them right here before me. Uh, 3, 11, and 12. And I'm, I'm just going to read them. And you're going to look at them, and you're going to read them in your mind too. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, reproof, or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father his son in whom he delights. Now, if you know kind of Hebrews chapter 12, you might go, hmm, that sounds a lot like what is written there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Do not be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastens chastises every son whom he receives. I wonder where that author got that. From Proverbs chapter 3. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Yeah. 
but later it yields that peace, the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And just echoing what Solomon said, to help us be wise guys and wise gals, the reproof that comes, the discipline that comes from the Lord. Chapter 9, verse 7 and 9. So I'll read from beginning in 7. Couldn't get all those verses on there with a screen there. Whoever, cro whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abused, and he reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Don't reprove a scoffer, he'll hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase that's what we want to have happen. When we give reproof or we receive reproof, that we would become a wiser man, a wiser woman, and we would increase in our learning. 10.17, whoever heeds instruction is, is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. 12.1, whoever lives, loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. <laughs> I didn't say it. Solomon did can't say stupid at home, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're foolish. I'll get to that in just a moment. We'll see that verse again. 13.18, poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction or reproof. But whoever heeds reproof is honored. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself. But he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. 19.25, strike a scoffer and the simple will learn prudence. Reprove a man of understanding and he will gain knowledge. 25.12, like a gold ring, an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. And 29.17, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. You see that the call of reproof, corrective truth with grace, is that we would not get even with somebody, that we wouldn't embarrass somebody, that we wouldn't get our pound of flesh, but to help somebody become more like Jesus, to help someone grow, maybe restore a broken relationship. You see, reproof will be helpful when it's accepted. Not necessarily easy, but it will be Secondly, rejecting reproof is what? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> it says foolish up there, but I didn't want to use the word stupid again, okay? I'll let Solomon do that. Look at these verses. The fear of the Lord, 1-7, maybe even kind of the theme verse of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, of knowledge. But fools, this is where I got foolish, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Just put the synonym in there. Fools despise reproof and rebuke. Twelve one. I don't want to get up there. One twenty three through thirty one. Okay, somebody put that in their slides. They should read that one. I do my own slides, so that's why I can say that. Okay. Listen. The call of wisdom. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I'll pour out my spirit on you. 
and I will make my words known to you. Remember, wisdom is speaking, feminine, the feminine noun in the Hebrew, so wisdom is a, pictured as a as she, as a woman. Because I have called you, wisdom saying this, because I have called you and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you've ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I'll laugh at your calamity. I'll mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not come. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they'll eat the fruit of their way. They chose not to go the way that I wanted you to go. I gave you reproof. I gave you corrective truth with grace, and you chose not to accept it. You're going to eat the fruit of what you did not obtain. 12.1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. <laughs> I told you we'd get back to that one, okay? I mean, he just puts it the way it is. If you won't heed what I'm giving to you, you're stupid, you're foolish. You're not smart. 29 to 25. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. You don't want to do that. You don't want to bring shame to your mom, to your dad, to the people around you. You don't want to... Sh- Bring shame to yourself. We read early verse, that first section, we read the verse that says he despises himself, the one who does not follow reproof. Despises himself. Doesn't even like himself. Let's go to the next one. So as I was putting this together, what are possible responses to reproof? Well, we probably know them, okay? We've probably all done these. So I thought, and we could have more than this, but these are the ones that I came up with. First is this, defensiveness. This is what you could say if you're defensive when reproof comes to you. Corrective truth presented with grace. Who are you to tell me that? Don't tell me you've never thought that thought when reproof came to you. Who are you to tell me that? Or, I didn't do that. Or, well, there's always two sides to a story. Well, of course there are. What about you? What about you? What what gives you the right to say that to me? You see, in, in thought or in word, we can be defensive when reproof comes to us. How about ignorance? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Who, me? You kidding? Huh? Or maybe apathy. It doesn't matter. He didn't like me anyway. And you know what? I don't really like him either. You see, we we recognize that not all reproof is true or done correctly. Any of you ever been parents? Did you get it right all the time? Oh, 
did. He said, sure, I heard him down here. <laughs> Don't we know that? We know as parents there were times where we just barged in and crashed into something with our kids or maybe we didn't have all the information. Maybe they didn't tell us all the information. Imagine kids doing that, right? You never did that to your parents either, right? But we understand that. That as parents, we haven't done everything correctly in the area of reproof. Some, obviously, has been hurtful. Some, hopefully, was helpful as we did it. You see, our, our best efforts at reproof can be flawed because we're flawed people. We recognize often that we need time to reflect on and accept reproof. I know there are times in my life when, when reproof has come to me and I've had those defensive thoughts, I've had those apathetic thoughts, I've had those ignorant type thoughts, and then when I give just a little bit of time to it and I let God do His work and I think through it a little bit, I go, you know, um, they're right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't respond well to that. Why? Because change something, or they needed to do it better, or I need to be a little bit more kind, and all those things that run through our life. We also recognize that some people don't want to listen, don't want to make things right, don't want to forgive or reconcile, and some of those people are, are, are us. I mean, we can always point the finger at everybody else, but well, 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 you, but but we've been there too. Where we said, you know, I, I really don't want to deal with this. I don't really want to make that relationship right. I don't want to bring healing to this. You know why? Because maybe they hurt me. We've been there. Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5? The Sermon on the Mount related to our Christian brothers and sisters. He said, so if you're offering your gift at the altar, there you remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there and before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Man, that's hard. That's hard. Jesus said, this is really, really important. Not to find anybody to blame on anybody, just saying if there's a break in that relationship, do what you can do to bring the relationship back together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We've all had those situations that are difficult and they're hard. How can we do what He asks us to do here to bring honor to Him as reproof is given to us, as corrective truth with grace is given to us? And we recognize that not all reproof is given to us with grace. I say sometimes as a parent, we barged in and blasted in there because it's heavy on our heart and we need to get it off our chest. And we've got to make sure they know that it's right or whatever the situation. And then sometimes we don't cover it well with, with grace. Verses that I learned 
many years ago, just a part of Ephesians chapter 4. It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. What we have, the Spirit has brought us together through the bond of peace. Extending peace to one another. You see, reproof will be helpful as we listen, as we ask clarifying questions, as we seek to make things right, as we pursue reconciliation, as we apologize, as we forgive, as we learn to grow. Reproof will be helpful as we take those steps, and I'll talk more about that as we finish. I came across this illustration from one of our elders, Johnny Dasher, and it's kind of a fun little illustration, and and I'm going to read it because this man writes it, and he just does such a good job about it. Here it is. The next slide will give you a little bit of information about it. Pull that next slide up there. There we go. See just a little bit there. Like you've never had this happen to you, maybe. Um, he says this. This author says, As I traveled a highway, uh, traveled a highway at 60-plus miles per hour, in a 55-mile-an-hour zone, but none of us would ever do that. A state trooper pulled up on my left, looked at me, and drove on. Good, I thought. <laughs> Suddenly, he let me take the lead, and his lights flashed. I pulled over, and I thought, this guy is ruining my day. <laughs> Nothing better to do. Good morning, sir, I said cheerfully while feeling a bit sour. I almost added, it's a fine day, sir, isn't it? You look great today, sir. <laughs> but I kept my mouth shut. Then with a twinkle in his eye, he spoke. Do you always leave an extra set of car keys hanging from your trunk lock? I went to look, and there they were. My wife's keys were dangling from the trunk. Feeling thankful, I smiled and responded, no, sir. Not normally, sir. Thank you so much, sir. As he pulled away, he yelled, That's all I wanted. Have a great day. I think he enjoyed every moment of our encounter. <laughs> to the trooper, my keys were obvious. To me, they were not. I might have driven a thousand miles not knowing they were there. He could see them. I could not. I initially held a negative view of this cop and his purpose for stopping me. My feelings bordered on frustration and anger. I was convinced he was out to get me. However, the moment I received new information about the keys, my negativity vanished. I suddenly had a new perspective. The trooper was there to help me. In other words, my paradigm shifted. My thinking changed. Reproof will be helpful when it's accepted. When corrected truth is given to us and to me, through my life and over the past month, it will be helpful if I accept it. And I don't bow my neck to it. I don't disregard it. I say, God, what do you want me to learn from this situation? So it can be more helpful to you and more helpful to others. I was thinking about this um, this isn't in your outline because it kind of came to me after I, well, 
some of it is. Um, ways, to, ways reproof can come to us. Um, the first thing I put was testing and responses. Um, so I recently had some blood work done, and it told me that I am pre-diabetic. That's reproof. It says I need to work on something. I need to lose some, some pounds to begin with. I know you're all going, you don't need to lose weight. I'm just telling you I do, okay? I know what I look like without a shirt on, okay? <laughs> I need to drop some pounds to help myself out. Now, see, you could say, no, you don't. I go, yeah, I do. Because I don't want to cross that line. I don't have to deal with that. That's reproof in a good way, right? It tells me there's something I need to work on. I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but maybe when you were in school, you maybe took a test and you didn't get a very good grade on it, and it was reproof to you that, what, you didn't study very well for that test. As I was with this past weekend on Friday night, I was with the students that I went to Western Bible College with, graduated there in 1978, and uh, people I haven't seen many of them for, let's see, 78 to 23, it's how many, 45 years, 47 years, however many years it is. Um, you know, I had some moments of reproof in there. Many of them because I worked nights at the Rocky Mountain News while I was going to school, and um, it was really hard at times to stay awake from 7 o'clock until noon, writing notes and then taking tests. Um, didn't do as well. I think about my freshman year at Moody Bible Institute, second semester. Uh, got in the habit of playing way too much rook. My grades suffered because of it. Now, I can remember a test, Dr. Winslet's class, Old Testament. I studied. I studied with my friends. And I knew the material, and I got in there, and he didn't ask the right questions at all. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, got a, I think I got a C, or I got a really low grade on that test, and I went back to my friend, Dan Wong, who lived next door, and he goes, you knew that material better than I did he probably got a 98, and I think I got a 68 or something like that. They just didn't, couldn't figure out. That, that wasn't reproof in a bad way, but, but there were other classes that I took that I know I didn't study because I spent too much time having fun. And it challenged me. I needed to do better. But you all know that, that, that reproof can come to us in, in responses and, and tests and things like that that are part of our lives. Reproof can come this way, indigestion. I ate too much. Or if you're like over 60, I ate too late. Right? Or I know I shouldn't have eaten that much. That's reproof. It's saying something to you. It's corrective truth with grace. Your body's saying, be careful. You're important. It was kind of an interesting one. Thursday in the open open windows. They're out there too. You're finishing up the months. Grab one. Daily breads are out there for you. Uh, it, 
was a there was a corrective truth. As she stood among the wreckage of her mother's car, she heard the words she failed to heed from her mother. Take your friend straight home. Had she not taken that short detour to drive past the home of a boy she liked, none of this would have happened. That's her proof. She got into an accident. She wasn't where she was supposed to be. That's her proof. Thankfully, no one was seriously hurt, but the consequences were damaging. The accident had ruined her mother's car. That happens. That's reproof. A difficult one. Very, very difficult one. And maybe some of you have experienced that. Now, accidents happen. I'm not saying that you know all accidents are reproof. Please, please. All the things I've done. I'm not saying all those things are reproof. I'm just saying, in certain instances, the consequences are the reproof. They're the thing that tells us, oh, I didn't do the right thing. There's person-to-person reproof. Galatians chapter 6. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit of gentleness. Corrective truth with grace. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And then it says, bear one another's burdens. Now, I know that's difficult at times. It's difficult for all of us, you know. Uh, you know, you, you know, am I the spiritual one? I, who am I? Oh, I understand that. But, but it's saying those who are spiritually mature, come alongside your brother and sister and help them move out of this difficult situation and so that they can be more like Jesus Christ. It's hard to do. It's difficult to do. It's hard when it comes to us, too. But this is God's word for us. Conscience a part of reproof. Your conscience. It says in Romans chapter 2.15, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience always bears witness to God's presence in their life, and their conflicting thoughts accuse them or even excuse them. So I'm reminded of this illustration because of where I was on Friday night with my friends from Western Bible College that I graduated with. When I was there, I got sick, and I had a bad strep throat or something for a while. You know, I, I missed like three or four days of school, um, and I missed the final. And so, uh, Dr. Smith was kind, and he put the final in an envelope, and he gave it, uh, picked it up somewhere in the library or someplace, and I went to the library to, to take the final. open it up, and there were questions, obviously, and one of the questions is, what is the armor of God? Ephesians 5, Ephesians 6. I hadn't studied very well, and I turned to Romans, or Ephesians 6 real quick, like, cheated. Straight outward cheated. I'm glad none of you have never done anything like this. I don't know what I got on the test. Probably a B. Pretty much kind of what I got when I took last week. It bothered me for a couple years. 
wasn't so much I thought quite often about it. My conscience was telling me you did wrong. So what do I need to do? I need to confess. So I wrote Dr. Smith a letter. Told him what I had done. school or take away my diploma or whatever, that would be the consequence. That would be reproof. He didn't do that. Thank you. <laughs> Very kind of him. But you know, I only think of that in good ways now. Not with a heavy heart. Not with my heart pounding that I cheated on a test. See, my conscience kept going. I want my conscience to stay sharp so it doesn't get seared like 1 Timothy chapter 4. We see that in our world today. Conscience has been seared. Used to be wrong. God's word said it's wrong. Now we just ignore that part in God's word and our society says it's all right. Their consciences are seared. They're not sharp anymore. But our conscience speaks to us. It reproves us. It gives us corrective truth with grace if we keep it sharp, if we accept what it says to us. I don't have this on the outline because I forgot it, but the Holy Spirit speaks to us. The conscience, I think, is a part of that too, but the Holy Spirit speaks to us and he says, this is what I want you to do. This is where you need to go. This is what I don't want you to do. This is where you don't need to go. And when we do the opposite of what he wants us to do, the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, hello, a part of your life. Listen to me. I'm good for you. This will be beneficial for you if you choose to follow what I have for you. And oftentimes, sometimes, maybe I shouldn't say oftentimes, I shouldn't say many times either, but hopefully few times, I do listen. And I do what he says to do. Or I don't do what he but he's there. He's part of our lives. He's speaking to us. And we want to stay fresh to him. Attentive to him. Pay attention, Bill. Love that, his book. Pay attention. That's such a good phrase. That we would pay attention. And then there's the word of God. Which speaks to us. And gives us corrective truth with grace. We read these verses a few weeks ago and probably should be memorized by all of us, but 2 Timothy chapter 3, I only have part of it memorized. As he's speaking, Paul speaking to Timothy, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, talking about the word of God that he's received knowing for how from childhood you learned it. Let me start again. But as for you, continue what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from what, from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now here, all scripture is God-breathed, is breathed out by God, is inspired by God, and is profitable for training in righteousness, Right? Reproof, correction, and then 
instruction, profitable for teaching, I'm sorry, reproof, correction, and then instruction in righteousness. And I described this to you a while back. We're walking the life, and we're living, and His Word of God comes to us, and it's good for teaching. It helps us and tells us what to do. But then there are times when we don't do what it says, and we got a circle. We draw a circle, and over here is reproof, where the Word of God says what you're doing is not right. This is what the Word says, but what you're doing is not right. It gives us corrective truth with grace. But it doesn't just leave us there. Then it has correction to it. It tells us it tells us what we're doing wrong, but then it says, this is what you should do right, and this is how to do it right. And then it puts us back on the path for instruction in righteousness. So what? Verse 17, so the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's a beautiful picture. But the Word of God speaks to us. When we read it, it shares with us. This is good for you. This is what you should do. This will benefit you. This will be favor to you. It will make you a wise guy, a wise gal. But then we do have those times where we don't do what it says. And it speaks to us, maybe through the conscience, maybe through the Holy Spirit, maybe through another passage in Scripture, and it says, what you did's not right. And here's how you can do the right thing. And then once you do the right thing, you correct yourself with my help, then you're back on the path again. Instead of staying down here in the, in the wallow, you know, wallowing in the mud, the pigsty, stay in there and sin. I want you to get out of it and get back on the path again. The Word of God reproves us. It gives us corrective truth with grace. And the examples that are there, all through Scripture, they're, they're reproved to us at times. They show us this is the way it should go. This is what you should do. Don't do this. Move this direction. See, the, the reproof of God's Word points out where we're wrong. Then correction points out how to make it right. And the Lord's reproof is always right, even if we don't like it. Always right, even if we don't like it. What does the Lord want to develop in me and us through reproof? His truth given with grace that we'd be men and women of God. Be more like Jesus. Mature and complete. Skilled at godly living and equipped for every good work. So what lessons can we learn from reproof when it comes to us? First of all is this. That we are human. We make mistakes. We don't do things right all the time. Hurt people hurt people, right? What did we hear last night driving home, Alicia? Healed people help people. I thought that was really good. They're just, they used to hurt people, hurt them, and said, but healed people, people that respond well to reproof, they help people. When we respond good to, to corrective truth with grace, guess what? We'll help people. We'll show them how to live. We'll show them how to handle the things that come to us so that they too can be better Christians. They too could love God more with their heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're human. We have room to grow. But that reproof also tells us that somebody loves us and cares for us. They really do. They love us and they care for us. Secondly, I think that, obviously, as reproof comes to us, what lessons can we learn? That we are sinful by omission or commission. 
doing that which we shouldn't do or not doing what we should do, commission, omission, and commission, by intent or even being misunderstood sometimes. But we are sinful. Do you, do you know that? I guess I shouldn't have to remind you, right? But they, well, we all struggle with it. We don't do things right all the time, and sometimes we purposely do things. Third, that we might be proud. What lessons can we learn from reproof that we might be proud if we don't accept it or we ignore reproof that comes from our mouth? Fourth, that it's a chance to be humble. We display humility if we accept, apply, and learn from it. And it's a chance more grace. Talking about the God of grace. He gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but does what? Gives grace to the humble. Therefore, skipping to verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will exalt you. He will lift you. He'll take care of you. Sounds just a little bit like First Peter chapter five. This is almost the same thing. Peter, as he's talking to the people in the church, he says, "Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble." Again, quotes that same verse. Then humble yourselves, therefore, into the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. What lessons can we learn when reproof comes our way? That we're human. I've made mistakes. That we're sinful. Sometimes we just don't get it right at all. Out of the flesh. We don't respond correctly. That we might be proud. Yeah. And we can learn from it. And we can grow from it. And become more like Jesus. And be more like, like the, the examples we have in Scripture where we see them humble. And we see them move toward the Lord. Think of Peter. Graciously reproved him by the lake. Graciously reproved him by the lake. John chapter 20. You love me, Peter? Love you, my brother. You love me, Peter? Lord, you know I love you. Do you love me, Peter? Lord, why do you keep asking this question? Drive me crazy. You know I love you. To feed my sheep. Corrective truth 
what if Peter had said, done with you? Who are you to tell me these things? What did he do? He humbled himself. He becomes this mighty man. Look at All through the first part of Acts. He writes this book, First Peter. He definitely knows it. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. He will exalt you. If anybody knew that, Peter did. And probably you and I do too. May that which comes to us because people care and they love us. May we work hard to accept it from the Lord. easy to swallow. And once we can really look at it and see how somebody cares and they want to benefit us, we can grow and be more like Jesus. We know His Word better. And we do a better job in ministering to others. Kind of a tough sermon to preach, but you know, you got to learn it. Consequences through your word. Help us to listen, to accept it, process it, accept it, and learn from what you bring into our lives. Father, you're a God of mercy. You, you don't give us what we deserve sometimes. Sometimes you just give us way more than we deserve. Help me to learn because I think that you're speaking to me when I kept reading this word Proverbs. Thank you for those who've come alongside to help me grow. Not just now, but in the past too. When I needed a little bit of corrective truth or grace. Help us to keep 